Welcome to Envision Broadcasting, the station designed to encourage, equip, and empower you for growth and success, presents the Wellness Warrior Hour with the Wellness Ambassador, Dr. Shannon Denard. The Wellness Embassy and Wellness 360 Institute is the place where holistic medicine, science, psychology, and spirituality converge. Hello, wellness warriors. This is the wellness ambassador, Dr. Shannon Denard. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Congratulations on you being here, being present. You are in the right place. And again, you have chosen to invest in your personal growth and development. And on today, I have a most esteemed colleague and woman of God, the apostle, the, the woman of God, the apostle Eunice Groves. She is the presiding prelate of Grace and Mercy Kingdom Fellowship International. And I just want to say welcome, apostle, welcome, and thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Dr. Denard. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so so Apostle, tell us a, a little bit about yourself and, and tell us a little bit about your years in ministry. Well, Dr. Denard, God bless you. I am a generational uh, preacher, pastor uh, from uh, both sides my mother and father both. Wow. Um, my father, I come from a lineage of maybe a hundred. And when I became a board, it was 126 pastors and ministers in the family. Wow. Since then, it's been quite a few more added. I came in about 29 years ago. Wow. Um, I've been doing it for 29 years. I am a called out apostle. Uh, I operate in the gift also as the prophet, and I have successfully, with the Lord's help, walked in all five offices of the fivefold ministry. Wow! In different seasons of ministry, and for that reason, I was chosen uh, to be an apostle elder of rings, uh, and it simply states that. Through peers and through observation, confirmation, affirmation, that they were able to validate the fact that I had walked in all of the offices successfully. I am excited about the ministries that I cover. I am a college seminary graduate. And I just use those as my ornaments. That, that helps you to deal with the people of God in a different way to make it more simple that even a child could understand. Uh, I cover both ministries in country, out of country. God has allowed me to do that since 2009. And I thank God. I'm also a consecrated bishop. <laughs> So Wonderful. I walk in both offices as an apostolic bishop uh, with a prophetic and apostolic anointing. 
wonderful. Uh, we do a school called the Apostolic End Time School of Prophets, Apostles, and Seers. And we do that every Thursday, well, the first and third Thursdays of the month, VIA conference call. Yes. Um, but we thank God for the opportunity to train. I have been able to release a lot of apostolic sons and Wonderful. sons with wounds. <laughs> uh, and sometimes that has been a very challenge. I've been able to step into some first places. Uh, this office is predominated by men mostly. Yes. And so is the office of bishop. But uh -huh. God has allowed me to step in and become uh, some first. I, I was honored as a pioneer in ministry for women um, back in 2012. Okay. And since then, God has enabled it to grow. I take pride in the, um, and confidence in encouraging, nurturing, uh, causing people to go from where they are to where God has purposed them to be, called them to be. And it's a wonderful reward. Wonderful. Oh, my goodness. I, I tell you, I can definitely not only see, but but sense uh, and, and, and feel that the, the nurturer in you. And, and which brings me to uh, my next question. With, with all of uh, the, the, the spiritual children that you yes. have had uh, the opportunity to birth uh, at yes. one level or another, yes. let's, let's kind of talk about uh the the times because you made the mention about the times and the seasons that we right. are in currently and and mm -hmm. all of the things that the the spirit of the lord had has had you as you know in an opportunity to not only experience experience but to to use you in such a profound way mm -hmm. to to guard to guide to govern mm -hmm. to teach and and to train and 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 that really kind of sums up a uh the apostolic mantle the mantle of an apostle but let's let's kind of talk a little bit about uh this season of the nurturer speaking okay. more specifically about women in ministry you know just bringing that anointing of the nurturer in uh, into ministry, into fivefold ministry, the, the body of right. Christ, along right. with the preparation of mm -hmm. the bride of Christ. Okay. Uh, in this season, <clears throat> every apostle has a mandate. Every called out apostle has a mandate. My mandate was to equip, to enlighten, uh, to inform, to encourage, uh, to empower leaders in ministry. That is my assignment. Uh, all of them differ, but my mandate is to uh, leaders. When you're dealing with leaders, you have to always realize that every leader has a different vision a different assignment, and 
they also have the innate ability to feel like they're confident in within their own right. And so as another leader coming to equip another leader, uh, you have to first of all realize that you should have a father's heart. Uh, you are called out, you are sent forth. My training, I was taken from the college or seminary surroundings and I was on a three-year sabbatical. In that three-year sabbatical, I was taught by the Holy Spirit himself for three years and then I was allowed <laughs> to go back and finish the college seminary training. With that being said, it teaches you to look at every leader as an opportunity to embrace that particular leader's vision, help him pray it through, yes. uh, not condescendingly, but to lift them up. Every leader learns differently. Every leader performs differently. They hear God differently. And so as a nurturer, being a mother myself biologically, yes. every one of your children are different. Yes. And it's the same spiritually. Every child that God sends you has his own personality. Yes. You have to use that personality because some of them are Paul's. Uh, they are tenacious, they're bodacious, <laughs> some are Peter's, <laughs> um, you know, some are Ruth's, uh, some are Naomi's, all of them, some are Sarah. So you have to look at all of those children and say, okay, Lord, now where do I start? What is what you have endowed me with? How do I transfer that? Uh, to those individual children while lifting them, not degrading, uh, while finding a place to uplift them or encourage them, uh, even if they haven't had formal training. Mm -hmm. uh, you must realize as a leader that God has put something inside of you that will give you the advantage or the rapport to deal with them. It may be, all of your children may not be kinetic. Some are visual. That's and right. you have to paint that picture. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> one picture may not work. You may have to paint two or three pictures. <laughs> but either way, God gives you uh, the ability to see that, to work with that, and to allow them to develop at their own rate of speed. Mm -hmm. We've been doing a school that God gave us the vision. It was apostolic in focus and, and it uh, was divinely purposed, five-fold ministry operational. We started with three students back in January of 2002 with a God-given Bible course-centered curriculum for two years. And they operate in it. They uh, have walked in it according to their own time. A lot of them work, so they move with their own ability. But we are thankful with starting out with the three students that God has kept it going all of these years. And we've been able to produce uh, more than 200 students coming through the school. Um, 
And we are thankful uh, that during that time, you are actually able to witness uh, God's progression from where they start to where they end. We are very thankful. All of them are very capable, able. They are well-bodied leaders all over uh, the United States, some out of country. They have put forth an effort. One of the greatest um, deals that, I, one of the greatest rewards that I feel like we were able to experience, we have uh, bishops, pastors in West Ghana, Africa, uh, Nigeria, uh, Tanzania, um, Pakistan, <laughs> uh, back in times when we had created a time, a lot of them were not able to, to get on uh, our teaching platform. So what we had to do is create a platform ah. on Saturdays. We found out that the you know timing difference was six hours different. <laughs> so a lot of them would go and stand by a telephone pole in order to call in and we could listen to them and we could preach, they could preach to us. We could talk to them. That's one of the most satisfying because oh, of the sacrifices they made. Yeah. I uh, had a bishop in uh, West Ghana called a uh, Bishop uh, Jerry Sawway who was a graduate of the college there. He had other bishops. And with his ability, he started teaching the other bishops and their pastors how to email me, ah. how to form an email. <laughs> he was the only one that could do an email. And so he started teaching them how to do email and wow. send me email. Sometimes the... Um, you know, the, 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 the language would be turned backwards, but I could read it because they were so excited. <laughs> I saw God move in a way, you know, that you're so appreciative. Yes, uh, yes. We had a pastor um, in Pakistan, uh, uh, Pastor Navid Kashif and his wife, Lady Astor, who was going doing a school for young people, uh, young people, ladies who had been raped uh, on their way to school um, and their fathers was walking them to school. A lot of them was killed wow. um, by the Muslims. So they took all of these young ladies in, he and his wife, and they would walk 13 miles to their ministry just to do Sunday school. Wow. And so when you look at the sacrifices uh, that has been put out, there and you are covering these people you are praying and you are standing in the gap for them you are thankful uh when god moves with them and advances them uh to their place they're excited uh with the women in ministry uh we have a lot of sons with wounds and 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 breasted sons so yes. One of the things I want to establish the fact for all women who are listening that are in ministry, you must understand that you are not the female as man sees you uh -huh. uh, because your outer covering is different. Yeah, That outer covering is used to denote or to cause the other males to recognize 
that you are the reproductive side of you. Yes, yes. That you can reproduce other males. You can reproduce other females. Um, in the book of Genesis, uh, in the very first chapter, it tells us that God created man. But from man, he also created a breasted man yes. or a wounded man. And in Genesis 5 and 1, he referred to them both as man. Yes. Uh, you had man with the womb that was able to reproduce and and Adam, the first man, renamed the second Adam, renamed her to Eve, which gave her more of a feminine name. But because of that, uh, it has caused man to look at woman differently. I want to encourage the women in ministry, understand that your male counterpart or colleague cannot address you without spelling W-O-M-A-N or F-E-M-A-L-E. You are a male either way it goes. Um, (laughs) You're a female. Uh, In the Greek and in the and in, and in the Hebrew, it refers to you as a breasted male, one who can give life, one who can nurture life through the breast, one who provides food and milk to her baby naturally. <laughs> and also you have the wound woman, which you carry that baby. You nurture that baby in the womb you talk to that baby, you instill within that baby principles. The same way as you do it physically, you do it spiritually. Yes. God has empowered uh, women to be nurturers of both the male and the female child. Yes. And so you birth them physically, you birth them spiritually. You teach them the spiritual aspects of ministry you teach them how to carry themselves how to present themselves how to search that word first of all a woman is more inquisitive (laughs) and she desires to know more than just the topical subject she's going to search down beneath if it says this on top she wants to know why yeah. <laughs> she wants to know how that that particular subject was reached, uh, how uh, she was able, how did they get this? She's going to dig. That's her job. She, she goes in and want to know how things are put together. Mm-hmm. That's her inquisitiveness. If you look at the first woman in the Bible, uh, which was Eve, you find that same inquisitiveness. Yes. In the garden. Even though they had been told, do not touch the tree in the midst, she ran up on one, was a little bit uh, wiser, perhaps, and used the word. As she says, well, if we eat of it, we should surely die. Uh, now, you must understand, they didn't understand what death was. At That's that right. Time. That had uh-huh. not occurred. 
So they didn't realize they were talking a spiritual death uh-huh. or neither a natural because they had not witnessed either one. But Satan approaches the woman and said, no, you know, if you eat it, you're not going to die. You know, what you will do is see that you have partaken of a fruit that was pleasing to the eye that would allow you to have as much knowledge as God. Uh, it will enable you, you know, to see yourself in a different way. When you look at this, when you partake of this, and so the inquisitiveness of Eve arose. She partook of it. She said, oh, it's delightful. Uh-huh. So in being delightful, she decided, you know what? Let me introduce this to my counterpart. Let me introduce this to Adam. Now, Adam had the privilege <laughs> because he had the law that said uh-huh. you wasn't supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. He could have said, now, Eve, you've done this, but I can't do this. God told us not to do this. But even though you've done it, I'm not going to do it, you see. But that's not what happened because women are persuasive. Uh-huh. And because she was persuasive, she persuaded Adam. Uh-huh. And he partook. Now, they both found out that there is something when we disobey God on whatever level, uh-huh. you become uncovered. You become naked. You become vulnerable. Yes. And to the to the to the actions of Satan. This is what happened. They became spiritually vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they became naked in God's eyesight. Uh, they wouldn't have known that <laughs> had they not been had disobedient. Not, yeah, yeah. That disobedience. So as women, I must encourage the women to be very careful okay. in ministry. You will always be challenged mm. in ministry by the male counterpart. They always want to prove that they know more than you. They are in competition with you. Uh, they have a great advantage over you because this is what they have been doing. But as women, you must be confident in who God called you to be. You must realize God has equipped you so that you can. You don't have to be in competition, women. That's right. Do not be in competition. Be mindful of who you are. Every time you have an opportunity, be that person. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to convince people that you are just be just That's be right. that person. That's right. Um, that is one of the so things. Well is, right. Study. Study to show yourself approved unto God, not man, unto God, that you can rightfully divide the word that God has given within you. Wisdom. Wisdom is referred to as a sheep yes. or a female. Because it enables you to take chances. It enables you to take risks. Wisdom says go for it when you don't see the end result. Wisdom says do not hide behind what is safe and comfortable. Step out. Uh-huh. 
take that message further and further. Stand if you have 50 men, stand in the midst of those 50 men, confident of who you are. And when you have the opportunity to speak, speak it with the assurance of knowing that you are qualified to do what you do. Yes. With the power that God has enabled you to do so. Mm -hmm. That's not only with ministry, it's with only any endeavor or business or any adventure that God has given unto you, entrusted yes. in your hand. Go to your highest ability to do that. You, you, you are not limited because that's right. you're female. That's right. And, and that's a very valid point because we also see that, you know, even as you were speaking mm -hmm. uh, concerning the, the season that we are in and, and yes. you put it so beautifully <laughs> of uh, the, the testimony of your life as yes. not only a nurturer in yep. uh, the, the female body, but also embodying yes. uh, the, the apostolic father, the anointing of yes. an apostolic father. And, and you, you, your ministry, everything that you have been able to be blessed by the Holy Spirit to yes. accomplish, it, it seems as though uh, all of that work has really shown and, and played out as a balance, a balance of being uh, of the anointing, being an yes. apostolic father and yes. and an apostolic mother, a right. nurturer. And as right. you were saying, uh, we see that the 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 anointing or even if if I may, the spirit yes. of the nurturer coming yes. back into play even in what is what would be called a secular platform yes. we we yeah. have uh females that are taking uh positions in politics right. um right we have uh females that are taking positions in businesses True. leadership positions and so uh even on our platform of right. being in ministry it is right. now time would you say and i yes. just asked that question would you <laughs> say that it's now time that uh we all understand and come into that level of wisdom of knowing that it is high time for yes. the the anointing and for uh, the, the female, which that yes. just denotes the, the type of anointing, the type of yes. energy that the, mm -hmm. the character of the, uh, male with a wound, yes. the man with the wound, with the wound, yes. with the wound. That, that is characteristic of mm -hmm. the nurturer, right. which yes. we reflect the, the working of the Holy spirit. Amen. And so, mm -hmm. And so with that being said, while we have a few more moments, yes. would, you, would you just kind of share with us uh, what should the, our sisters in those positions of leadership, what, what should they do when they encounter uh, yes. maybe some sort of opposition? And, and even more so, uh, the, the brothers who are in positions of right. leadership that has already been taught that okay yes. it's just you know uh about the man's role in the pulpit right. as a right. and you yes. 
for the last yes. moment address that. Okay. Um, first of all, Dr. Denord, women, women need to understand or embrace the idea that it is not about a male or a female. Mm-hmm. When you have been educated, equipped or empowered to do whatever job you do, you have to understand that you spent time doing that. You sacrificed. Uh, you took levels of risk uh, in order to become who you are. First of all, understand your value. Yes. Your value is not determined on whether you are male or female. Uh-huh. Your value is determined uh, by who God has made you to be and who you see yourself as. Yes. I'd like to throw in a wisdom comment. Um, never allow anyone to place a value on you. First of all, you have to know that you are valuable to the world. What you have enables you to be valuable. You don't need someone to come tell you or to accept you with an example. God may have chosen you, and I've run into this and perhaps some of the other women. You are walking in one office, but man cannot accept you in that office. So he decides that he's going to place you in another office Wow, that he can readily accept you. Now, first of all, do not allow that to happen <laughs> because you are saying that God didn't know what he was doing when wow. he placed you in that office. If you're an apostle, be an apostle. If you're a prophet, be the prophet. If you are the pastor, be the pastor. Now, when you walk in a place, and I've had this to happen, I've walked into another apostle's ministry many years ago. He knew I was an apostle. He knew I was a, I was commissioned as an apostle in the year 2000 by Apostle Darrell Wilson and Dr. Miles Monroe, who is now deceased. But... When you know that you carry the qualifications, you have been placed in that position. Do not allow man's intimidation to move you out with his words. Do not even take on the shameful or I don't know. You have to always be assured of who you are. Now, when I walked into this ministry that year, a few years ago, he said, come on up evangelist. And I said, I beg your pardon. <laughs> I am an evangelist. Understand, I am an evangelist. I have walked in that office. I have performed evangelistic crusades. But in this season, I'm not the evangelist. I'm the apostle. I'm a called out apostle from birth. See, And I have been commissioned as an apostle. That's the office I'm walking into yes. now. So address me where I, I am yes, now. I love don't <laughs> belittle me because you can't accept the fact that you don't believe apostles still exist. Well, let me put in a note here for the female apostles. There were 
the original 12 that Jesus called himself. He first called them disciples because they needed to be trained. You can't be called into an office and immediately go into it. You have to be trained into that office. And so he trained them for three years and then he allowed them to be apostles, the same 12 disciples, because they were followers of him. They were learners, they were students. That's why whatever office you hold, you need to become a student. You need to be a lifetime student. I'm a lifetime student. And so if you get out of the school, fiscal school, uh, you need to be in the lifetime school of the throne room through grace ah. <laughs> and through education, uh, through reading your word and, and get your PhD in prayer, healing and deliverance. And you don't get that from the seminary school. You get that from the throne room school. Um, and then you have what's called your post-ascension apostles, which were the ones that operated once Jesus ascended into heaven. He left those there and he said, occupy until I come. Yes. Now, they could occupy only if he had already put it in place, which he had. And at this time, they had separated. Uh, So he sent a female (laughs) apostle (laughs) named Mary Magdalene. And he said, go and tell my men (laughs) to meet me (laughs) in Galilee. And don't forget Peter. (laughs) Peter is very important here because what's going to happen is as a nurturer, as as a apostolic mother, as an apostolic father, Mm -hmm. you're going to have those young men and women that love you, but they they work out of zeal. They are ready to die like Peter. Oh, you know, I would do this. And he said, get behind me, Satan, because he knew who was putting him up to that. But you have to understand, you'll have sons and daughters that will stray. Not because uh, they don't love you, not because they don't have a heart for God. Something in life will cause them to stray. You have your Peters. But now in the gathering, you don't throw the Peters out. You always embrace the Peters. You always embrace your prodigal children who leave before time, who leave before the blessing, who leave before they got it all. They just felt like I'm anointed. I'm ready to go. It's time for you to do my thing. Well, sometimes you got to let them go and you got to let them understand that they're going to hit the hall pins in life (laughs) before they realize, you know what that young man said, he came to a great revelation. He discovered where he was and where he needed to be. And he did not allow pride to keep him from going back to where he knew that he was received as a son. Yes, yes. And so all ministers, male or male with a woman, never let pride be the determining factor to keep you from going back, if you need to go back, if you realize you don't have it all, go back, Uh go back. If you can't get it where you were, ask God to lead you. Don't allow your leader to put you in position that God did not ordain you to be. Wow. Please do not allow, I'm gonna say it again. Do not allow leaders just because they feel like this is who you are. Hear the voice of God first. 
If God didn't tell you that's who you are, you know, say, well, I hear you, but I need for God. I need to keep praying so that I can hear God's voice. If a leader puts you in a position that God has not ordained you, what's going to happen is you're going to fall in the judgments of that office. Uh Every office has judgments on it. Not only will it become your judgment, but everybody else is connected to you. Family, uh, congregations, co-workers, anybody that's around you, that's connected to you, they will suffer from those judgments within that office. Wow. Be sure you hear God and understand this is who God called me to be. Now, if that is contrary to what the leader is telling you, you appreciate that leader, but you tell him, I've got to walk here till God tells me differently. I will admonish every leader. Go to God first. If he sends you uh, ministers, ask him why those ministers are there. Ask him what it is in you that he needs for you to impart into them. Don't act haphazardous. Don't think that you know. Don't assume. But be affirmed in what you are telling them because these young ministers are trusting you as a parent, a spiritual parent to tell them what's right and what's wrong. Yes. Too many young ministers now have been deceived because they trusted their spiritual parents and the spiritual parents did not love them enough to go to God in their behalf did not teach them how to go to God and hear God first. And I talked about the original 12. I talked about uh, the post-extension, but there is now what's called the end-time apostle. Uh, They are after the uh, post-essentials. We had one, uh, Paul, everybody refers to Paul, but Paul was a post-essential apostle. All the rest of them had, uh, their mandate was to the Jews. Paul comes along and because now people feel like no apostles exist because the definition that was thrown out many years ago by theologians was that the apostle had to be somebody that walked with God, that saw him, that actually, you know, participate on a day-to-day basis. But when you look at the spiritual context and the definition, an apostle is one that was sent forth. Yes. Now we all, be it uh, original or post or in time like Paul was, Paul was called out by the will of God to be an apostle to the Gentiles. Uh huh. Everyone else that was not a Jew, only because the Jews did not accept Jesus as their savior. So it opened the door. For the Gentiles. Well, the original 12, well, that was not their mandate. So now God sees a young man that is filled, understands authority, walks in his authority, walks in the right. He's teachable. He's, he has all of this tenacity, but his name is Saul. And see, God can use the bold. He can use the bodacious. He can use that tenacious person that man overlooks. Uh-huh. That's the one God can use because he has all of the innate qualities that he needs. God just needed to show him he had a new leader. 
And wow. so with his experience on the way to Damascus, he comes in contact. Now, one thing, if you really read that Bible and look at it, the first thing when he was knocked off his beast, he asked, who art thou, Lord? See, although he had been working for another set of servants, another set of leaders, he realized, I'm in the presence of a different master here. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. His mandate changed that day. Wow. God can change you in a matter of moments. Because Paul was a creation. He understood that God's ability as the creator was in him. And he recognized the creator. He said, Oh, Lord, I need to become introduced to you. What is it you want for me to do? And from that day on, we see Paul is now blinded to the world <laughs> uh, masters and, and leaders. And he's under the uh, anointing of a new leader. He has a new leader, a new master, and he's searching for that master. Now, what happens with us as ministers, when we are called out, especially females, you need to understand, you need to understand the birthing process uh, of you from the physical to the spiritual. You give birth to a whole different set of principles, ideas, uh, ways of operation, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, the way you look at things, a whole set of new perspectives. You start to have a, not many men, but one, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit becomes your guide. Yes. Prior to that, it was your biological father, your brother, whatever male was in your life, you started to look at them as being someone to validate you. Uh, they were your protector. But once you come into the spiritual birth, you have one leader. And he doesn't look at you in the gender. So the Bible is written masculine, spiritual. And but it's mankind. Yes. So we cannot get lost in the fact of whether he's talking to the female as man gives uh, instances of wanting to put a female attachment prophetess. But in Ephesians 4 and 11, Jesus only established five offices, that of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Now up under prophet, he did not put prophetess because the Bible was not written in the feminine. He was speaking spiritual, masculine, because he knew no gender. So we don't need to add or distract. Women, if you walk in the office of the prophet, you're a prophet. You don't have to be referred to as an ESS on the end of it. Because you're still <laughs> the male with the womb. You're still a man. Let them address you as the prophet. I'm a male. Don't allow man to do something just so he can recognize you. As a spiritual mother, as a spiritual nurturer, 
there are some things that we uh, have to be aware of. As a spiritual mother, first of all, you're a life giver. Um, and in being that life giver, you are bringing life to a place that did not know life in that area. You're giving uh, the life, you're speaking life. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So I speak life as a life giver yes. to my children, even if you're in a dead situation. Wow. I allow the Sarah anointing to rise up and speak life into you. You have to understand as a nurturer and a mother, you're a life giver. The second thing you are, you are a nurturer, but you also have to understand <laughs> Excuse me. It takes wisdom. Wisdom. John yes. tells you, anyone who likes wisdom, ask for it, and God gives it unselfishly. Yes, that's right. There is no hindrances, hesitations. Whatever you need wisdom in, he gives it. Yes. Unselfishly. So there's no need for you to say, I don't know how. Go to him. As a matter of fact, he's living on the inside of you. That's right. That's right. See, God downloads mm, before you are born, before he places you in your mother's womb. If you are called out, apostle or prophet, those are the only two called out offices, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher, those are ordained offices. And the office of the bishop is a consecrated office. But as a spiritual mother, your life giver, you're a nurturer, you are a protector. Wow. You are a protector of the gifts. You're a protector of that child. You're a protector of his spiritual. Don't allow him to go into spiritual imagination, but keeping him firmly rooted and grounded in the word of God as a protector from that which is evil teaching them to observe all things, teaching them how to recognize things which are not of God. You know, you have to build a fence around them through prayer. Yes. You put a boundary around them, a covering around them, a wall of fire and protection through prayer. And you state within that prayer, they cannot go beyond. Wow, that is- boundary. That is impressive. That is that definitely speaks, and and I love how you just uh, broke that down uh, in such uh, an elemental way, where uh, even little children uh, yes. can understand that. And, and I love uh, how you bring in uh, the balance between yes. uh, there being one body, uh, right. But in, in that body, there are many members, both of the, the, the feminine energy and right. uh, the masculine energy. And, and right. I love how, you know, you, you uh, help us to understand how uh, there's neither male nor female, nor female. In, in the spirit. It just <laughs> speaks simply just speak about uh, one having a one nature, one nature uh, and yes. function. And mm -hmm. then one having another nature and a different, a slightly different 
different function. Yes. And so that's that's a, a beautiful thing. I, I mean, absolutely profound. And Thank so in, in closing, Apostle, mm -hmm. what yes. how how is it those that have heard this message and have been blessed by uh the, the revelation that you bring, how is it that they can get in touch with you? Tell the audience how okay. they can reach you if they want to uh, be a part of the the fellowship grace and mercy uh, yes. share with us your contact information on how we can get in contact with you okay uh you can reach uh, by email if you have questions or you like to be involved right now with the COVID we have not gone back in the building so we are doing everything via uh, conference uh, mode. Um, and also we will be establishing uh, the Zoom uh, launching so that they'll be able to get on, you know, uh, with us. Uh, the teaching part <clears throat> of it, the school is done first and third Thursdays um, of the month. Uh, and with this, we're going to make an exception this month because we have Thanksgiving. So we will be doing uh, this Thursday coming, the next Thursday. And so we will not run into the Thanksgiving. Uh, um, okay. And okay. I'd, um, uh, yes, I would like to perhaps give the, um, I'm looking for it, uh, the, um, for the school, um, we have um, a VIA there. Uh, one of the things, let me give you the emails because we can send it to you. The email is bishopgroves9 at gmail.com. Okay. It's all lowercase, bishopgroves9 at gmail.com. Um, we also have uh, Bishop Groves at ymail.com. Either one of those should uh, get you in touch with me if you need to. Um, we're also, I'm looking, and please forgive me for not having that. I thought I had it right here with the uh, line. <laughs> Uh, for the school, but um, if they will call or uh, send an email, I would be glad to send them uh, the, the line for the school that they can, if they'd like to be a part of it, they can. We encourage you. It's the five-fold ministry uh, empowerment is what it is. And okay. uh, so they're able to, you know, get on to listen, we teach exactly one hour. It's 6.30 Central Standard Time, which would be 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're on at 6.30 because we do have leaders that are on the East Coast that work, and we have leaders on the West Coast. So we're trying to fit in a time that they won't be on so long, but we do exactly one hour. The class line is, the conference line number is 
seven, excuse me, seven, four, six, 1050, 609, 746, 1050. And I apologize. That's okay. That's the all right. Code, the code is 118-419. Okay. 118-419. Pound. Right. Wonderful. That, Wonderful. Yeah, that is our that is our school uh, time that you can come in and we're be happy to have you. Uh, they're on. They're excited. We're right now in the process of being called. If you've been called, you know that was a sacrifice. <laughs> so we have been breaking down the sacrifice and the cost of being a called out person in ministry. That is wonderful. Amen. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, Apostle, it has been my pleasure uh breaking bread with you on Good today man. uh it has definitely been a blessing and and i know that uh the audience has definitely been inspired and i'm quite sure that they have learned something and uh probably even had a fire lit up under them and so we Praise definitely God. thank you for your sacrifice in the ministry mm -hmm. we thank you for uh, the wisdom that you have shared with us on today, and we just thank you and for for the light that you shine. And Amen. and once again, we we just want to make sure that you know that at any time you are more than welcome to come back onto the show as a guest. You. you are always welcome. Amen. And, amen. 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 And with that, we want to let our audience know that we appreciate you for being with us on today. Amen. And we look forward to having you uh, be with us on our next episode. And until amen. then, we wish you well-being and wellness. Amen. Thank you. <laughs>